This is the Life Church Podcast. For more messages, to watch our live stream, or to find other events, go to lifechurchnow.org. Hey, Life Church, Pastor Rich here, and uh, I'm so glad that you're joining us again online. Um, this, we are still in this season of uh, social distancing, and we're not having public services, and many of you know that. So thank you so much for taking out time to be with us online, to connect with us this way. You can also comment, let us know where you're watching from. That's, that'd be great. Um, I just want to take a moment before I get into the message. We're kicking off a brand new series, and I'm kind of excited about this series, but not kind of. I am excited about this series. But um, uh, I just want to thank all of you. During this time in which we have not actually been gathering together, many of you have been incredibly generous. You have faithfully been tithing. You've been sending your tithes in. You've been, I have a gentleman who comes and shows up on Mondays and he hands me a check uh, here at the, at the building. Uh, others have uh, mailed theirs in. Others have just do it online. That is, uh, it's amazing how generous you have been over this season with tithing and kingdom builders. And so I just want to say from my heart, to you. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for believing in the mission and vision of this church. We are still on mission. We're still reaching this world through, G, uh, through the power of Jesus Christ, and you make that happen through your, through your very generous giving. So thank you so much for that. And, and if you haven't been, if you haven't started tithing yet, you can do that. There's links below where you can, can you know, give online. We'll encourage you to do that as well. Again, Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Amen. Well, today we kick off a brand new series. We're calling it Follow Me, Follow Me. Um, in John 15, Jesus is with his disciples, and they have just left the upper room um, from an event that many of us know already as the Last Supper. And so they're walking, the disciples get this mental picture. They're wa- the disciples are walking away from this upper room. They have broken bread together. Jesus has washed their feet. And they're walking through this in the cool of the evening on their way to, get to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knows, Jesus knows that once he gets to the Garden of Gethsemane, he's going to be arrested, he's going to be beaten, and eventually crucified. He knows that about himself. He knows what's coming for him, but he also knows what's coming for these disciples of his. He knows that they're going to be charged with fulfilling the Great Commission. He knows that they're going to be challenged to take this gospel to the ends of the earth. He knows that they're going to face incredible amount of persecution and trouble. In fact, of the 11 remaining original disciples, 10 of the 11 end up dying a martyr's death. He knows that they're going to struggle. They're going to have times of doubt and uncertainty. He knows that. And so I imagine as he's walking towards the Garden of Gethsemane, towards the very end of his time with these disciples, I imagine that he's thinking this, and it's on his mind. What shall I say to them? As he walks down this ancient road that's lined with vineyards, he's asking himself, what should I say to them that will encourage them, that will challenge them, things that they will remember, that they will feel inspired by? What shall I say to them that will give them direction as they set out on this mission? And so whatever Jesus said to him, said to his disciples back then, I believe he's saying to us today. And so I want us to listen closely to this, to this, this saying that Jesus has for them. Now, Jesus was a master teacher. He often communicated his most, his, his most profound truths in, in something called 
controlling metaphors. In other words, he would say things like, you're the light of the world. Everybody understood what light was, and so when he says, you are the light of the world, he was trying to direct them to understand a principle that was bigger than themselves. Something about the kingdom of God. You're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And every time he would use these, these metaphors, people would understand more about the kingdom of God. They would get it. They would understand. They would, know, they would know how to apply it in their everyday life. He was helping them understand who they were and what they should do. And so in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to use metaphors that are taken directly from the gospels. They're going to help us understand who we are and what we have been called to be. Because when we know who we are, we know what to do. I know that sounds that statement sounds very simple and 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 very maybe elusive to some extent, but the truth is, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you know who you are, you will know what to do. Behavior flows from identity. We truly believe this. So this title, the title of this series, is called "Follow Me," and that's uh, the invitation of Christ to His would-be followers. Follow me. If you follow me, your life will be changed. We have a little saying around here. We say, come just as you are, but don't stay that way. Because we believe that as you embark on this journey of following Jesus Christ, your life is changed. You become a different person. You become a better husband. You become a better, a better wife. You become a better father, a better, better son or daughter as we follow Jesus. And so the invitation of Jesus is to follow him. And as we follow him, our lives are changed. We become the light of the world. We become the salt of the earth. And boy, this world needs that light. And so what we're going to do is we're going to develop five little sayings from the metaphors found in the Gospels that are going to help us better understand who we are and how we should live. Now, Jesus gives us our very first saying in John 15, the passage we, we just started with. And this is what he says. He says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. He's using a metaphor here, a, 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 a farming metaphor to, to some extent. He's talking about, you know, growing grapes or growing things that grow on vines. I am the vine, you are the branches. And so this very first slogan that I want us to talk about, this very first saying I want us to talk about is this, be the branch. Be the branch. We're starting with the word be, not do, not do the branch, be the branch, you see, the vine comes up from the ground. The branch, as long as it stays connected to the vine, it will get nutrients, it will get, it'll get strength, it will get everything it needs to bear fruit. But if it's not connected to the vine, it doesn't have the nutrients. It doesn't have the strength. The branch can do nothing. In fact, it becomes dead. Jesus said to his, his disciples, and he's saying to you and I today, I am the vine, you're the branch, so be the branch in fact, in John 15, he uses the one word over and over again. In fact, in 11 verses, 11 different times, he says this, remain in me. Other translations say, abide in me. Remain in me, abide in me, remain in me, abide in me, remain in me, remain in me, stay connected to me. That's really the main thing. This is not passive, this is active. Jesus is calling and inviting you and I to stay connected to him. This is the main thing that we do. And so as a church family, I would say to you, it doesn't matter what we get right. I mean, we get things right on racism. We can get things right on, on politics. We can get things right on a lot of different things. But if we get this wrong, remaining in Christ, that we are the branch and he is the vine, 
then we miss everything. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So Life Church, be the branch. This is who you are. And staying connected to him is what we do. We are the branch, so be the branch. So Jesus is on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. He doesn't have a lot of time. And he says to them, I am the vine, you're the branches. Uses this metaphor as a way to say, this is who you are. And so today I want to speak about who we are. Not so much what we need to do, but who we are. What's interesting is that he doesn't say to them, he knows the time is short. He doesn't say to himself, hey, I don't have a whole lot of time left, guys, so here's what I want to tell you. Here's this manual, and I want you to just do what's in this manual. He doesn't say, here's 100 things I want you to do before the year 100 AD. He doesn't tell them, I've given you a five-year plan for gospel expansion. He doesn't do any of that. Instead, he says, I am the vine, you're the branches, remain in me. He gives them this metaphor. He knows that if they can understand who they are, that they will know what to do. If they can understand who they are, do you know who you are? So you're not your skin color, you're not your, your cultural background. Your identity is found in Christ. Who are you? And if you know who you are, then you know what to do. In fact, this is what Jesus tells us in verse five. <clears throat> he says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. So that's the, that's the metaphor that he's using, that of a vineyard. I am the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me, that's our word, remain. He used it 11 different times in this passage. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. So if we stay connected to him, we will produce fruit. But he says, but apart from me, you can do nothing. This is what we're speaking about. This is what we have to get right. That we must stay connected to Jesus. So be the branch. In the last few weeks, we've had some pretty challenging weeks in our nation. So much polarization and division that just breaks the heart of Christ. And I think the temptation would be for any person in, a, in, the, in, the, in the environment that we're in is to go, go do something. And yet what I hear Jesus telling all of us is who are you? Go become somebody. Be somebody. We start with being rather than doing. Look, it never works when you try to take faith and turn it into a to-do list. Some of you have learned that the hard way. Some of you have lived, some of you probably grew up in a church context where that's what it was all about, that if you're gonna follow Jesus, you have to do these 15 things right. You have to stop doing these 25 things wrong. And that was your faith. That was the basis of your faith. But we've learned that that doesn't really work. And so to be clear, we start this series with the word be and not do. Be the branch. But here's the thing. When you know who you are, when you know who you are, you know what to do. Behavior flows from identity. We want to emphasize who we are. We are the branch. The branch. We're connected to the vine. And it's from there that we get strength to live out the faith that God has called us to live out. It's from there that we bear fruit, good fruit in our life because we're connected, connected to the vine. I don't know if you remember years ago in the 90s actually, um, all I remember, it might have been in other formats, but all I remember is this Gatorade commercial and it had a little, little jingle song that they would sing about, be like Mike, 
Oh, I want to be like my, I shouldn't sing that. Your ears are hurting, I'm sure, right now. But, but I, when, I, when that slogan came out, you know, this, this slogan, Be Like Mike, came out. I mean, it was, it was hilarious to watch how so many kids on basketball courts all around the United States wanted to be like Mike. And they would sometimes even make a fool of themselves with their tongue wagging out, you know, trying to slam dunk, and they'd miss the, they'd miss the goal by, by a couple feet, you know, and they're wanting to be like Mike. But here's the problem with that slogan. There's no power behind it. There's no power behind it. In fact, I can say to myself all day long, be like Mike, be like Mike, be like Mike, but I'm not going to be like Mike because I'm not connected to Mike. The best that I can do to be like Mike is just buy myself some, some Jordans, Air Jordans. That's about it. I can then be like Mike. Why? Because there's no power behind that. There's no strength behind it. So when we are told to be the branch, this is the understanding that it's not who we are. It's not who we are. But we are not being... We're being powered. In other words, I am not who I am just by myself. I am being powered because I'm connected to the vine. My strength, my energy, my power, it's not self-determination. It's the fact that I am connected to the vine. That's who I am. And that's where my strength comes from. That's why I'm able to produce fruit. And this should change how we do things, even in church. That our emphasis is not production so much as it is connection. In fact, connection should lead to production. When you're connected to the vine, you're going to bear fruit. Do you hear me? When you're connected to the vine, you're going to bear fruit. But if you flip that around and you want to say, hey, I just got to do, I got to do, I got to do, but you're not connected to the vine, you're going to attempt a lot of different things and not really be successful and not really truly bear fruit. I have to tell you, many times in my life, I've been, I've been confused about this very thing. Production, uh, connection leads to production. It's been way, way too many times. It's been true as long as I've been a, a Christian as, and even as long as I've been a pastor that I get caught up with producing at the expense of connecting. That I want to, that I want to make sure that things get done and I'm trying to do it in my own strength. And listen, if you neglect connection, then production just becomes impossible. During this season of challenge that we find ourselves in, COVID-19 and a lot of the racial tension, there's a lot of pressure on pastors. In fact, I watched a pastor down in Alabama, just an amazing, I was weeping as I was watching him make confession and had this prayer time where African-American brothers and white pastors were together praying and hugging one another. But here's what I understand, and here's what I know. That I feel that pressure the most. It's most acute in my life when I'm not connected to the vine. When I'm trying to figure out how to do this in my own strength. You see, the branch understands that production is up to the vine. I feel this pressure when I take on weights that God has never really intended for me to carry. And maybe this is true for you right now in your life. You're feeling a lot of stress and pressure because you're trying to be the vine, but you're not a very good vine. <laughs> you're trying to do everything in your own strength, but you cannot do it in your own strength. Being the vine is going to wear you out. It puts stresses on you that you cannot carry. 
You're not called to be the vine. You're called to be the branch. And when we confuse this metaphor, it messes everything up. It creates all kinds of problems. In fact, one of the things that happens when you start thinking that you're the vine or that you can do it in your own strength and your own ability is that pride begins to set in. Like if you, if you accomplish something successfully, you look back at it and you're like, wow, look at what I have done. And we start feeling proud. I remember a few years back, I was uh, at a, a church planters kind of meeting and I was sitting with a bunch of other p- pastors and church planters and we were just talking and there, were, um, there was a lot of discussion about strategy and how to plant churches and all that kind of stuff. And I remember I, I was asked, somebody in the, in, in the, in the group there said, hey, hey Rich, uh, I, I see that you guys are just blowing and going there in, in Coralville. How, how did you do that? What, have you, what, did, what, what are the ways that you've made that happen? And I remember I, w- I began to answer the question, I wasn't really thinking about it, but I began to answer the question, and I started the question like this, well, we, and I remember at that very moment, I said we, at that very instant when I said we, I felt like the Holy Spirit, a conviction just came over me. It was almost as if the Holy Spirit was speaking to my spirit and saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Rich. What do you mean we? There's no we in this. You didn't make anything happen. You're just a branch. There's a lot of joy in being just the branch because God can do what we cannot. God can fix what we've broken. God can clean up the messes that we have made. God can step in in, in, in areas and seasons of our life where there is no way, where it seems like it's an impossibility and bring a miracle about in your life. There's no we We are not the vine. Jesus is the vine, and our only job is to stay connected to him. That's our job. If you don't get anything else from this message, stay connected to him. What's interesting is that Jesus kind of introduces this metaphor in in chapter 15, verse 1. He says, I am the true vine. Now, I've read this many, many times, and I've, as I've read it, you know, I just kind of run past it, you know, I'm, I start thinking about the metaphor of the vine and all that. But notice, he uses the word true vine, which by implication means that there are imitation vines, right? Like, he's the true vine, and there are vines out there that promise strength, they promise what you need, but they're not the vine. They're imitation vines, and they don't really, really satisfy. Some of you have made your spouse the vine. You've connected to your spouse and you say to her, or you say to him, hey, you are, you're everything to me. You need to provide, you need to do this, you need to, and, and maybe you don't say those words, but those are, that's the way you relate to that person. That person is your all in all. That person is the one who's gonna make you happy. And at the end of it all, when they fail, when they miss the mark, because they're not the vine, they're, they're just a branch. When they fail, when they're not able to perform, you then wag your fingers and say, what's wrong with you? Some of us have made success. Success is this vine, this imitation vine. Or our wealth can be an imitation vine. I like what Jesus says in verse seven. He says, I've told you, let's go to verse seven, 15, seven. Verse seven, it's not there. Nope. Okay, let's skip verse seven. I'll just read verse seven, okay? I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I'm telling you that I'm, I am the true vine and if you're in me, 
If you're in me, you'll be full of joy. You'll, have, you'll be satisfied. Years ago, um, years ago, I was like on a health kick and trying to do away with all kinds of fat and all kinds of sugar and all that stuff in my, in my diet, you know, and so started buying turkey bacon. Now, uh, turkey bacon, we would call it bacon, but you know, there's something about turkey and bacon, it's kind of like an abomination. Like they, they don't, they just don't go together, right? It's like, a, it's like having, like going to a donut shop and buying a broccoli donut. That, that just, it's just not right, you know? But, you know, we were trying to lose weight. I was trying to lose weight. So I'm, you know, I, we, we were buying turkey bacon. For a while, we ate turkey bacon and we even got used to it. And then we moved to Iowa. We, were, we would call turkey bacon bacon, but then we moved to Iowa. And then somebody in this church gave us a box from the Amanas, and it had this thick, fat bacon. I mean, Iowa's like the pig capital of the, of the United States or something like that. I don't know if it actually is, but there's a lot of pork in this, in this state. And somebody gave us this box, uh, this gift box from the Amanas, and it had this thick bacon in it, hickory smoked bacon, and we ate that, and I'm telling you what, there's no comparison. There's no comparison from turkey bacon to real bacon, and my joy has been made complete since I moved to Iowa. <laughs> no, I'm just, anyways, Jesus says, I'm the true vine. There's a lot of imitation out there. There's a lot of, a lot of people that are trying to pass themselves off as the vine, and it might work for a while. And from a distance, you might think, wow, that is so good, that's so cool, but it's just an imitation. It doesn't satisfy. In verse six, verse six, he says this, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. If you don't remain in me, he says, if you don't remain in me, you'll be thrown out. You're useless, he says. You know, you know what a, what a, a branch is that's not connected to the vine, it's a stick. I don't think this message would be very compelling if I was saying, be the stick. All right, be the stick, be the stick. That doesn't make any sense. In fact, I've got here a little prop I want to share with you. I've got a stick. In fact, this is um, one of my grandkids' walking stick. I kind of created for him a few years ago, and he would walk around our neighborhood with it. And on the stick, I tied some some, because it's a stick. It's not connected to anything, right? It doesn't grow anything at all. And so I tied some, you know, I don't know what tree actually grows grapes and pears and apples and pomegranates all in one. I'm not even sure if that's how a pomegranate grows. I've never seen a pomegranate on a tree. But anyways, this is a stick with some plastic on it, right? And from a distance, it might look, it might look good, but when you get up close, you realize, oh man, that's, that's not real. That's imitation, that's, that's fake. And sometimes I wonder if this is what we have settled for. To be a stick with imitation fruit on it. I wonder if that's what we've, what we've, what we've settled for in our own Christian walk, right? We're just trying to pass ourselves off as branches with fruit, but really all we are is a stick with plastic tied to it. And from a distance, people might look at it and might say, oh, that looks like fruit. But when they get up close and they realize, oh, it's just plastic, they're not interested. It's not appealing. It's, it doesn't satisfy. And if they've never tried real fruit, 
they won't have any appetite for the real thing. If they've never tried real fruit and that's all they see, that's all they see in us, they'll never really want the real thing. They are hungry, they're thirsty, they want more. And so if we're not careful, instead of being branches bearing fruit, we can become sticks with fruit tied to it if we're not careful. So what does a church like that look like? Well, a church like that looks like a place where everybody comes and they look their best, but nobody feels like they can unload their mess, the mess in their life, because after all, if, they, if, they, if they're messy, if they don't look good, if they haven't lived well, then maybe they'll be judged. A church like that might be known for great facilities, but not a loving family. A church like that might, might be able to draw a big crowd, but they don't really have a lot of committed followers. A church like that is concerned about and focuses on the minimum that they can give rather than this radical generosity. And I don't want us to be a church like that. I don't want us to be the stick with fake fruit. I want us to be the branch with the real fruit, with the real deal that's connected to the vine. So I've been talking about vineyards and vines and and to be very honest with you, I'm not a very good, uh, I don't have a very good green thumb. <laughs> you ask Christy, pretty much almost everything that we have planted, there's only one, one plant, one flowering plant that we have planted that has actually survived. Everything else has actually died. We put it in pots, maybe it's a soil, we don't know, we don't really have a green thumb, we're not very good at that, you know, but I was doing some research this, this week, and I, I came across this... Um, I have an image here. It's something called a sucker branch. Some of you that are into farming and all that, you know what these are. You know what a sucker branch is. I didn't know what a sucker branch is. I mean, it's a sucker branch. You know, the, it just sucks. <laughs> That's what it does. It doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't have any, any it kind of grows right there at the base of where the branch is and the vine is, you know, just, and all it does is it suck. It just takes the nutrients. And if this branch had too many of those sucker branches, eventually that branch would die. That branch would not bear fruit. It's just a sucker branch. And I wonder, I wonder if, if we are, just a sucker branch. Am I a branch bearing fruit or am I just a sucker branch? I'm taking and not, not giving. I'm, I'm attending, but I'm not committing. And so the challenge for you and I is to be the branch, to stay connected to Jesus, to bear fruit. So what does that look like for a church? How do you know that you are being the branch? Well, it's when you start trying to do some things in your life that you know that you cannot do in your own strength. Like maybe you've been struggling with an addiction and, and for most of your life during this time of, of addiction, you have, you have tried to kick the habit yourself. You've, tried, you've, you've, you've come to learn that you're not a very good vine. You've come to learn that it's difficult to, to break the habits. And you've come to the end of yourself and you basically said, I, I can't do this. And so being the branch is when a person says, I can't do this in my own strength. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I can't do this in my own strength. I need you, Lord. I need your help. I need you to step into my life. I need you to be the one who transforms my life. This is nothing that I can do. I want to bear good fruit, but I can't do it by myself. I need you. I'm going to stay connected to the vine. 
or maybe it's in your marriage. And you might say, I've tried fixing things in my marriage, but I've failed miserably. And maybe people around you look at your marriage and say, bro, it's, it's done, it's over. There's, it's hopeless, there's nowhere else you can go with this. And maybe you would listen to those words or maybe you would press into Christ and say, you know what, I can't do this in my own strength. She can't do it in her own strength, but I can stay connected to the vine. And God, through what he, his nutrients, his, his power, his strength can produce good fruit in me. See, it's trying things that may not make sense on paper, but your hope, your faith is not in you, it's in Jesus, the vine. And as a church, <clears throat> it's the same thing. We have a little phrase around here that we use, go after something so big it's destined to fail unless God intervenes. Go after something so big it's destined to fail unless God intervenes. Do you see what's behind that statement? We can't do this by ourselves. God, we need you. And that's been our story for the last 15 years, but we haven't arrived yet. The life change that we've experienced around here is simply because we are the branch and Jesus is the vine, and he has flowed through this place. His power, his, his strength, his life transformation has flown through this place. And for that to keep happening, we must remain the branch. I know, you know what's easy? <clears throat> what's easy is for the branch to look at itself and say, wow. Look at last, like, look at last year's harvest and say, wow. Look how good I am. Look how successful I am. And that's where we move into this arena of pride where we think that we can actually walk out our faith in our own strength and really what Jesus calls us to is to be connected to the branch. That's not what a branch does. A branch may hibernate over the winter season, but when spring rolls around, spring after spring after spring, what happens is that those branches that are connected to the vine begin to bear fruit all over again. Why? Not because they're special, but because they're connected to to the vine. That's why there's a group of people right now up in Cedar Rapids excited about planting a church in Cedar Rapids, a campus in Cedar Rapids. It's not that we're trying to expand the, the name of Life Church or make, our, make, us, make us more popular or whatever. That's not it at all. It's because we are the branch and we have to bear fruit. In fact, the church is not growing, it's not connected to the vine. We are the branch. And if we're connected to the vine, we will bear fruit. And part of bearing fruit is Jesus being declared through the entire world. And so can I ask you, will you join me in being the branch? Will you join me in staying connected to Jesus Christ? And for some of you who are living by the mantra, be the stick, don't be the stick. (laughs) Don't be the stick. In fact, you have an opportunity to be grafted into the vine right now. You can say, I I forsake those dead ways. I don't want to pretend anymore. I don't want to go around acting as like I've got it all together when I don't. Lord, I just simply give it all to you. I want to be grafted into the vine. I want your power, your strength to begin to flow in me. And for those of you that are a sucker branch, you attend, but you don't commit. You take, but you don't serve. Just be the branch. Be the branch. Listen, if we as a church took this seriously and stayed connected to the vine, we would change the world. If every person that calls Life Church their home church was to stay connected to the vine, man, we would turn this city upside down for Jesus Christ because we would begin to bear fruit and the fruit is not up to us. The fruit is up to the vine. 
It's God who's the one who wants to bear fruit in our lives. And if we would stay connected to him, we could turn this city upside down. I know that I've been somewhat metaphorical in my language here, and I've been talking about be the branch, and using this metaphor of the vine and the branches. But basically what I want to do is I want to, I want to help us that when we, in the future, we say things like, we say things like, uh, like be the branch, that what you hear us say is stay connected to Jesus. What you hear us say is look at your life, examine your life. Are you bearing good fruit? That you look at your life and say, are you, are you being a, a loving, caring husband, a loving, caring father? Are you being an adoring wife? Are you being a wife who, who, who serves her family? Are you being a son who is obedient to their parents? When we say be the branch, are you staying connected to Jesus Christ? That's what be the branch means. Are you bearing good fruit? Listen, we can get all kinds of things right. You can come here every Sunday morning. You can put money in the offering plate and tithe. You can give the kingdom builders. You can do all of these things right, but if you're not connected to the, to the vine, you miss the main thing. So the challenge for you and me right now is be the branch. Be the branch. Stay connected to Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, I just want to thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. Even though, Lord, we're not... <clears throat> able to be meeting in, uh, in public services right now, and we haven't had a, the, the pleasure and the, and the blessing of, of loving on one another and hugging each other's neck and praying for one another in person. God, I'm just asking that by your Holy Spirit, you would step into this place, that God, you would begin to, to transform hearts right now as I'm speaking God, that those that are, that are hearing me today, and Father, maybe, maybe they have a distant relationship with you. Maybe, God, they're struggling. They have all kinds of struggles, and what's, what's focal on their minds, all the struggles that they're going through. That, God, you would interfere, and you would intervene, that you would step into that place, and you would remind them, be the branch. Be the branch. Be the branch. Stay connected to me. Stay connected to me. Stay connected to me. Remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. Father, I just thank you for what you're going to do. And I thank you, Father, how you're going to use this church to turn this city upside down. And we ask it in Jesus' name. 